I had a little I had a little thing. Um Oh I'm really glad. Stewing stewing up in my brain. You, you want me to go ahead and whip it out? Oh, whip it out. Yeah. Hey. Whip it out. Come on, come on, let me see it. Okay, don't don't laugh. I wouldn't laugh. Not at you. Oh my god. Well, hello there, traveler. <laughs> hello. Tell me, with this storm, are you safe? Shall I offer you shelter for the night? Come. Oh, I... <laughs> sit by the fire. Don't be afraid. <laughs> You're paint. You have painted a real picture very quickly and forcefully. I I'm in the rain. Yes, yes, quite. It's very wet. Come, <laughs> dry yourself off by the fire. Tell, tell me, what are you doing out in this storm on Hallow's Eve? Oh, it's Halloween, Bobby. We already did a Halloween episode. It's like New Year's. Yeah, but like it's but like it, we're doing spooky games. Okay, all right, yeah, okay, it's all, all it's right. All, it's Halloween in December. It's <laughs> it's a holly jolly Halloween. Oh, all right, yeah. I I, I come inside. I uh, I go I go inside. Uh, uh, sit by the fire. Tell me, traveler, what brings you out into this storm on Hallow's Eve? Oh well, it's well. Which is what it, it, day it is? <laughs> I know what day it is. That's why. That's why I'm out. It's Halloween. It's a, uh, it's it's trick or treat night. But, Awful uh, yeah. long way out. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I I live in a bad part of town. Oh, I'm I'm so sorry. I, I, don't pity I, I me. Hadn't, I hadn't realized. No. Hey, sh don't don't was, pity I, me. I was being presumptuous. Yeah, a little bit. But that's neither here nor there. You are an awful long way out, and if something were to happen to you, why, no one might know for days. That's okay. I live in a bad neighborhood. I know how to take care of myself, and I pull out a fucking switchblade. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Start, start doing real cool fucking TF2 butterfly knife tricks. Yeah, starting to do, do, doing a little spy action. Yeah, I've uh, I've I've killed a man. Oh, uh, good, good for you. <laughs> that's that's not the normal reaction I get. It's the one you're getting, hon. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. That's nurturing. Tell me, would you like to hear a story? Is it good? Do you think? Ghosts and ghouls and spiders and uh goblins. More... <laughs> That's <What>? not an S. <laughs> I'm more into Fortnite. <laughs> you know any stories about Fortnite? Why yes, traveler, now that you mention it, I do have quite the story for you. Oh, fuck. All right. Yeah, let's fucking hear it, lady. This ancient video game tome. Let me tell you the horrific tale. The terrifying tragedy of the two itchy boys. <laughs> and we're doing a Fortnite episode. <laughs> no, no, I refuse. Jay Allen. And I'm Bob. No. T do it again. Do I have to? I mean, you don't have to. I mean, it, if I'm that's what... if that's Fortnite. <laughs> I just want you to give a... If you just want to go by Bob, that's fine. I was just like a standard... I'm Bobby McCarthy. I mean, is that is that how you want your intro to be? Fuck, you just made me die. I... <laughs> I'm Bobby McCarthy. <laughs> All right, sport. <laughs>
And this is Two Itchy Boys, a little show about little games where we share with you the hidden gems and little treasures we found deep within the Itch.io game site. And this week feels like a real return to form. Nary a mention of the A Game By Its Cover Jam, you know, after this point. uh, This week, we got a little personal, and we're covering games based around each of our biggest fears. Ooh, I'm trembling already. But this was this was also kind of a neat one because, uh, we uh, we so we picked each other's or we we sent each other a selection. Yeah, we uh we each found a little handful of games, a little bundle that we thought would best encapsulate the fear that we each have. Um, and I think that was probably best because we each have kind of a a vague fear. I think it'd be easy if it was like snakes or fire or drowning, but I think we each have kind of a a vague fear. I think yours more so than mine. Uh, my fear is the fear of the open ocean. It's a b- big scary thing. Lots of uh, lots of water. I will get into exactly what I am afraid of and what makes that fear so. Visceral for me. Uh, Bobby, uh, what was your fear? Share your fear. Share your fear, Bobby. I'm afraid of being lost. A very interesting fear. Yeah, I was really curious as to what what you would pull out for this. Um, Yeah. Because it is kind of an indistinct, it's not exactly a game thing theme, because being lost in a game just sucks. And not, yeah. in a, not in a scary way, just like in a, just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I went first last time. Yeah, I definitely. So this was, this was an interesting uh, decision for me to make because I've, or I had already played um, most of the games you had sent me. God damn it. But so I, I really just went with uh, some of the ones that, that I hadn't looked into. I mean, obviously, you know, we both love Kitty Horror Show. Um, one of these so days was, we're going to do one of her games. Yeah, we really I, I just I really want to be deliberate about that because it's got to be the right one. But uh, so Bobby, I'm on the edge of my seat. What game did you pick? So I. I couldn't settle on just one because the other thing about a lot of these is they're very brief. Um, they're very uh, narratively sparse. Um, and so it's it felt kind of hard to come up with enough for a segment to talk about just one. So I'm if this is OK um, and you have Vader, v, you have Vader power here. <laughs> I got Vader power. You got Vader power. Uh, I was thinking of uh, talking to you about uh, Virgilius. I Ooh. hope I'm pronouncing that right. And uh, Remember Places. I'm really, I was hoping these were the two, like out of these, out of all the games I sent you, those were the two that I really wanted you to pick. And I'm also glad you picked two because I also had the same experience of not being able to choose between a couple brief games. So I think that's a great idea. All right. So so first off, I'd like to talk about Vergilius by a developer named Kira. It is a short, I would say, about 10-minute free uh, walking sim wherein you are walking through this desolate landscape as narration kind of plays on the screen a kind of like a it, it feels kind of like a kitty horror show, show joint interestingly enough um it is kind of that same narrative delivery that you have a lot for for her where it is just exploration of a space as a, a written story is being presented to you parallel to that and you you essentially just walk around um, your character is, your player character is having these observations. You know, they they're dead. Uh, presumably, they find themselves without a body in this uh, just mysterious, infinite, uh, barren 
red uh, desert. And occasionally things appear on the horizon and you walk towards them. They take a very long time to get to. And um, eventually it's just over. And I thought this was... I mean, I thought this was an interesting game presentationally. It, it has this uh, motif that bookends the experience where it flashes this sort of this this footage uh like these still images some videos um various like antique or uh just like old old uh artworks old 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 antiquated yeah old antiquated stuff that really doesn't have any explicit connection to anything but it evokes a feeling and this is uh, enhanced by this film grain that's over the whole thing. Um, it feels like it's supposed to be. I mean, this feels like it's emulating a Tarkovsky film almost, or like Ooh. you know, like a like a European like twentieth century art film or something. Um, and what this game reminded me specifically of, uh, in particular was a movie called Antrim. Uh I don't know if I don't know if you ever watched it. It was No, the, I've never heard of it. It it it's subtitled the deadliest movie ever made. Because Yo. like it it's got this uh metafiction um kind of component com- component to it where supposedly like people who have watched it have died and it like the movie starts with a 3-minute documentary about people who have died while watching it. It's got this spooky demonic imagery like spliced into it throughout uh so like it's Fun. just uh like yeah and it, I, I i don't know it kind of gave me a similar feeling of just being unsafe somehow uh it wasn't terrifying i wasn't shaking i wasn't like scared i wasn't particularly scared by either of these actually but it left me with a feeling that uh a uh, few games have have given me so oh good good job to kira this is again free to play so um yeah check it out i think it's neat god damn and uh remember places by bryce buker is interesting because it's kind of it's like fatum betula stripped down to its um barest essentials like there's no quest design there's a mm-hmm. single in- npc to interact with and you can't like freely explore you simply exist in a space and then the the ai who is uh contractually obligated to remind you that he is your only friend um takes you to a new space and every time you go to one of these spaces you have to collect coins because the AI can't talk to you if you don't have enough coins. Oh. And he is legally required to remind you that every coin collected automatically deducts two US dollars from your bank account. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> and it's it's a really... I mean, it's just a really lonely game. It is... I mean, both of these games just have this emptiness to them. I don't know the, the, this, this this sense this, this intimate isolation. Yeah, and this sense of uh, meaninglessness. This is kind of a spoiler, but I don't really think it matters in a game like this. the 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 events of uh, Remember Places are cyclical. What do you mean by that? Literally, like the last location or the last scenario you find yourself in is like just before the credits roll is the beginning of the game. Okay. All right. And there is kind of this interesting um dynamic in Remember Places where you are playing it it is a game within a game wherein like you know it's got the standard Bryce Buker uh PS1 like haunted PS1 look to it. The Buker jank. Yeah, it's got the Buker jank. It's got the Buker jank to it. Um, There's got to be an alliterative way to put that. The the Buker butt. 
<laughs> it's know, got man. that Bryce Buecher buzz to it. It's got that Bryce Buecher buzz. Absolutely. But, um, you know, in a lot of these, like, Unity games, you press escape and you just leave the game. Um, pressing escape here just takes you to another place where there's just, you're just in a dark room with a computer monitor with the game on it. Oh, man. Really just fucking calling you out like that. Yeah, with a big neon sign. It's pitch black in here except for the glow of the computer screen and a big neon sign saying, don't leave. Oh, man. Oh, fuck. And there, okay. there is kind of this implication that civilization has just been eliminated. And as far as you know, you're the you're the last person on the planet. You know, supposedly, I, I got the idea that, you know, whatever's outside that door is absolutely inhospitable to any life. And like staying in here is your only chance of survival. And this is this is all inferred. The game doesn't doesn't give any of this to you. This is all just stuff stuff that I felt. There is mention of a collapse of society. Of like, I mean, the name of the game is "Remember Places," oh, with, a, with a with a question mark. It is a reminiscence. It is just a a really mournful med- meditation. You know what it what it means to have a life and to I mean to go places. This sounds this sounds like a very um, COVID reflected game no this feels like a very post-covid kind kind of story yeah remember um, places fuck that's a good fucking places? name it is god um and it is just fuck it's just really sad there is like th- this has more of like an overt horror element that really didn't really didn't work on me but that vibe is something that's just gonna stick with me because he he fucking nailed <laughs> He, he he nailed that anxiety um and uh yeah this this is free as well it's uh, absolutely worth it i think this is like a 20 minute playtime um, god damn i i'm really touched by the the abysmally sad implication of a a creator making a game and realizing at some point you're going to stop playing the game so then creates a scenario in the game where you are yourself playing the game and just asks you not to leave yeah no it's very just th- this is a this is a, a game that kind of uh inspired an existential crisis in me because like oh god this is all i do <laughs> <laughs> this is me this is the anti gamer game this is kind of an anti-gamer game. This game wants you to touch grass. Especially because, like, the... I mean, the AI is such a cool character because he is just... He is just, like, a really cynical take on, like, just the parasocial relationships you have with fictional characters. But it's it's just something that automatically happens because this is a... This is a thing humans need to do for whatever reason. We need we need to remember places. We need to remember places, um, and you know the AI is kind of the embodiment of uh, capital letters media corporations' um, <laughs> ability to exploit that <laughs> because you you get charged over like I I, I counted like uh, the 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 number of coins i was picking up you you get charged over like $3000 over the course of this 20 minute games okay you get charged over 3000 and then you just get barraged with a barrel like with a room full of coins that you have to pick up that i didn't even bother counting because it was so fucking many <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if this dude just lost like millions of dollars just remembering places just all that money just to remember some places. God damn, that is powerful. That fuck, Bryce, you fucked me up again. Yeah, and no, I'm I'm really I was really happy with your selection because I mean these two games, that's what I was talking about when I when I talked about being afraid of being lost. 
One was emotionally lost and the other was physically lost. Yeah. And uh, yeah, both fucked me up. I'm glad. I'm really glad they both tickled you in that bad place. Mm-hmm. They tickled me in some awful places. <laughs> can you can you please point on the psyche doll where this game touched you? Touched my heart. Aww. I suppose I should say uh, when I was selecting your games, um, I was kind of trying to re- reverse engineer like your fear using my own fear. The I, I was mostly just looking for something that kind of communicated that feeling of just the inherently terrifying situation of being just under an immense amount of water. And yeah, I'm I'm really curious as to as to what you went with. Okay. I I played all the games you sent me. I had never played any of them. Yes. I played all of them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you re- you really got me. I I played all of them. Only one of these games actually reached into my skull and tickled me in the certain way that that fear does. A lot of these games were underwater, but uh, so many of them were these, you know, you're on a submarine and you're trapped in a submarine, or you're um, in this uh, shallows area, or... Yeah, I get what you mean, though. A lot of them were kind of claustrophobic, whereas I feel like Fear of the Ocean is kind of an agoraphobic yeah, that's a uh, situation. Yes, and there was there was one game that I feel really capitalized on that agoraphobic nature. So it, when I talk about Fear of the Ocean in video games, there's really only one game that I've ever played that has ever fully captured that, I think, and uh, it's the most obvious choice, it's Subnautica. Yeah. But it is that one specific moment in Subnautica that I think everybody's had when you're, you know, you're, you're exploring, you feel pretty confident. You're about maybe midway through the game, maybe a little less, maybe, maybe more. Um, and you're just kind of exploring cause there's no, there's no map in the game. Um, and you're just exploring You're you're pedaling around in whatever craft you have. And you're just, you go over the edge and the sound seems to get a little dimmer and all of the familiar surroundings fade away into the background. And what, whatever you're piloting, your AI uh, tells you, uh, are, are you sure you, you want to be here? And if you look outside a window or you step out, it is just nothing. I think I know exactly which game hit you. Really? I, okay. I'd be very surprised. Okay. Two two of the games you sent me really hit me. The I'll I'll talk about I'll save like the the one that really tickled me for last. So I played Exile by Hex Ray. Yes. Uh, it was made in, yeah, yeah. It was made in 2020. It's free in your browser, and it's this uh not even really an interactive fiction. It's really just a, a sort of It's just a it's just a short story where at at the paragraph breaks you press a button to continue yeah it is a it is a short story told through um dated logs with accompanying uh illustrations it is this story about being isolated at the very bottom of the ocean and this story of a a single person being as they put and as the title suggests exiled for a vague never explicitly stated reason. Uh, the author uh, speaks a lot about being disgusting and being uh, unfit for society um, and belonging down here in this uh, uh, dark murk surrounded by creatures that uh, don't need light to see. Um, and through the course of this person uh, studying, I suppose, would be a good way to put it, uh, through the course of this person studying the life down here is visited by a mermaid or siren or a, a humanoid creature that is in a way able to communicate with them um, very rudimentarily. And there are some 
paragraphs in this story that really get across the fact that I think they really understand what's so terrifying about the ocean. Uh, there's a paragraph that reads, Spiders larger than any human, a squid the size of a skyscraper, and yet against the backdrop of a perceptibly infinite ocean, they are still so small. Yes. Yeah, just the idea that you are dwarfed by things that are not even a speck in this blanket of abyss. There's this other paragraph that, that talks about um, the only light uh, down there that is actually of any use, of any perceptible use, is the light from the the glass and metal chamber that this person is in. And outside of this light is just a a dome of darkness. You know, as far as the light reaches out, that's all she can see. And it's uh, it talks about peering out into the night and being this island without a sky. And it it just it really. Yeah, the ri- the writing here really is just top. It's fantastic descri- description, and it is. It's really inter- the the presentation is really interesting too because, yeah, all of this is true, but also the interior is just unbearably claustrophobic. Like it kind of gets the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, it it plays with claustrophobia and agoraphobia at the exact same time and this it has this deep dread of the unknown and isolation and deprivation and the idea that you are in a perceptible infinity and you can only see outward of 30 feet into a a, a murky element that you are far from master of a place you cannot breathe see take the pressure of or survive in without the decades of work that thousands of minds have done just to put you into the most inhospitable place possible. It is incredibly well at getting across that fear, that feeling of being so incredibly, insignificantly small in this dark, dark pit. Um, also, I think it's kind of a, a an allegory for um, coming out as trans, uh, but that's... That that's just me reading a little into it. I think. Um, did you did you get that at all? I I could see that. I think there there is something about like you know co- coming out that way, like coming out as trans, kind of removing an existential safety net. Yeah, because there's and, the. I'm sorry, you go ahead. Oh no, I th- I think. Yeah, I th- I think that that gets about to the heart of it. It's just like. You know, it, it puts you in this world that most people, mo- I mean, most people entering that world just have no precedent start, starting out right on what to do or who to be, because it is just like a thing that society represses so intensely. And I think you can see that in kind of the, the, the self-loathing that the, the narrative. Yeah, there's this ever pervasive feeling of self-loathing that the author talks about that kind of shrinks away whenever they meet this creature and they are slowly transformed by this creature into yeah. something new, into uh, a, a being that feels as though it was made for the location they find themselves in, for the environment and that, that is they're now the, in. That is the cool thing because what starts out so fucking terrifying, like that... It becomes I mean, a hospitable like respite from this dread-filled world they once belonged to yeah i mean i when i started playing that game i did not expect the uh i mean i i I kind of expected just the the narrator to just kind of go crazy in the class in the classic like horror movie fashion yeah and like try to make contact with the the mermaid or whatever only to be ripped to fucking shreds you know but like I don't know. The way it actually turns out is so liberating. Yeah, it's it's nice. Like it's kind of nice. I don't know. I I thought this was a really touching story, and I think it really understood this fear of isolation. Um, I learned a lot about the fear of the ocean when I was working through these games. I learned that a lot of people. A lot of developers will make these games and try to capitalize on the fear of the ocean, but really they're capitalizing on a different fear that happens to be present in the ocean. This thalassophobia incorporates 
a fun cocktail of uh, fear of the unknown, fear of the dark, fear of things that are hidden, uh, fear of isolation, um, that fear of massive spaces, agoraphobia, uh, the fear of implied massive things just beyond the veil, um, and uh, the fear of being completely unwelcome in an environment that is vastly inhospitable to you. Yeah, I mean, the ocean is just kind of an, an inherently scary place. It's a spooky place. It's like, It's got it all, baby. What more do you need? Even, even if you do, would not consider yourself afraid of the ocean, um, you probably are on some level. <laughs> and that, I think, is captured really fucking well by the second game that really... All these games were great. But this one really gave me the fucking tingles. Yeah. I'm talking about hyperbaric. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, god damn it. I really thought this would surprise you. But no. no. That, Hyper, that... Hi, hyperbaric by Groundwater Studios, published in 2020. It's free in your browser. It's just like a little five-minute game. And it fucking gets it, Bobby. It, it No, I mean, that... I mean, there's a reason that was the last game I sent you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, that was specifically, like, me saying, okay, if you're not scared of this, I don't think, I don't think you'll have anything to say for this episode, like, at all. It's, this game does so well with its implications. Like, it, it, it's so good. All right, okay. This This is a very simple game and a very short game. If you're good, I think you'll finish it in, like, two to five minutes. Um, you play as a, a, a working class underwater welder for a corporation that, uh, doesn't particularly care about you. Uh, big news. Um, you are tasked with re-welding some faded runes onto these massive links in these mega structure-esque chains, uh, deep underwater. And you dive deeper and deeper, um, uh, the cluster of chains near and uh, in, in the far distance converging into a single point. And you're, and you're diving down, uh, welding these runes, all while this, this low rumble in the background is heralding uh, this uh, unseen, uh, unspoken of abyssal creature, heralding itself with these dark thalassic groans, more massive than even your field of vision can comprehend. And so you're just diving deep, welding these runes, and it's a sort of, uh, I don't even know what to call these, like, little, this little mini-game style mechanic. This, uh, you gotta keep your cursor inside of a circle, but there is a force pushing your cursor away. Um, I say cursor, you're, you're using... Um, either, you know, your arrow keys or a, a, a thumbstick. Um, and there's a force pushing you away. And, and each new rune you make, it's a, a different kind of force and you lose a little more control uh, over your cursor and you just have to keep it there. Is the direction is the direction of the force like different for each one? Because I just assumed it was just getting getting more intense. It's, but it's I, like the, I took it that the force exerting against your cursor is the same but the responsiveness of your cursor gets worse yeah yes. i absolutely felt that yeah it, i did not finish this one. Oh, i <laughs> did very- okay it, it took me a fucking minute but i did finish i was determined to finish this one um so yeah you you drop down into the ocean and you you swim around these massive fucking chains that extend off so far into the ocean behind you that you can you can no longer see them they just disappear blink away and there there's these all these chains just surrounding uh you like uh, miles away you can see them uh converging on the single point that you're working your way down um it uh uh, it's it's very rep- reminiscent of They Breathe. If you remember They Breathe, that uh that little frog game, you uh, you dived into a pond as a frog and you had to save your frog buddies. Yeah, yeah, kind of a creepy game. Uh, it's it's reminiscent of that. Um, but you just keep converging down, and if it there's this low rumble right in the in the background, and it kind of messes with your screen, and it it kind of makes you worse at welding. Um, 
But if you aren't able to weld the rune in certain intervals of time, the rumbling will get so bad, and this tentacle will shoot out from deep, way, way, way back in the ocean. Like a, sh- a real shot in the dark, miles away, and you just see it you see it going incredibly fast with a, an incredibly high velocity, um, winding in and out of these chains until finally it just zooms right past in front of you. And when the tentacle disappears, you're just gone. Yeah. And I, I think it's worth noting, this thing is like so massive. Like, Yeah, you with, cannot within, comprehend it. Like it's, it's beyond vision. Within your field of view, like you can only see just enough of it to be able to tell that it is a tentacle you're looking at like the bare that is like the bare minimum of comprehension that you have yeah <laughs> just incompre- incomprehensibly massive yeah it's it's an absolutely terrifying portrayal of abyssal fantastical oceanic horror it really gets it it's as you dive deeper and deeper it it implies infinity but shows very clearly the limits of your perception just like exile it implies this abyssal never-endingness it implies how unable you are to meet this horizon it it makes the yawning void of the unknowable sea feel almost claustrophobic yeah, I mean, th- this is a game that made this. I mean, I sent this because this is the one that made me understand, um, and it made me think about like, why why is it that the sea is so much scarier than like space? And it made me think of a Viktor Frankl quote. Um, I can't remember the the precise wording, but humans are much more afraid of extreme, like incomprehensibly large finitudes than they are of infinity. Yeah. It's it, it it's like I said earlier. It is a a compounding effect of all of these smaller, more specific fears playing into each other when it comes to the ocean. Yeah, I mean, talking about infinity versus large finitude, the ocean is huge. It is gargantuan, but it's also full of shit. It's so full of shit, man. The ocean fucking terrifies me, man. This is I. This episode has made me very jumpy just sitting here in my closet. God damn, man. Man, I don't I don't want to talk about the ocean anymore. Understandable. But yeah, well, both uh, of those games, I think, really get it. They're very short. They're very nice. They're very neat. They're both free. Go check them out. They're great. Hell yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad you liked I'm glad you liked them. You picked some good ones, Bobby. Hell yeah. Thank you. Yeah, let's get out of here. You yeah, take, off your, take off your swim trunks. Take it off. Let's get out of the ocean. Bobby, what, what other games... Uh, did you play and uh were asked uh don't leave well one game that i i've been playing it hasn't asked me not to leave it's actually been telling me to leave quite a lot but i just don't want to uh is a visual novel called scarlet hollow Ooh, a visual novel yeah it is a so scarlet hollow is kind of an appalachian gothic horror story Ah, uh, fuck, that's my favorite, Bobby! Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, th- this is... Uh, I I played this and I knew I had to tell you about it because... <laughs> well, I, I haven't finished... I haven't finished it yet because uh, it's it's got seven episodes. Each episode is about an hour long. And I think that... I think... I don't think they're all out yet. It's it's still a work in progress that's that's coming along, but what I have played is just like I don't know. It's it's it really made me feel like how Night in the Woods uh, had made me feel when I first played it. Oh man, um, it's kind of you know that's high fucking praise. Yeah, it's it's just like this sweet, charming like story of a small like coming home to a small town after this. Uh, like distant relative of yours who you didn't know at all died and just like getting to know the people here just making friends uh coming coming to love like coming to love these people 
And like this is this is one of the those games where like I I fucking adore every character in this game, even the ones who are absolutely despicable. Absolutely despicable. We we love a good shithead character. Oh, we love a good shithead character, and there's some shitheads in here. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's all the people. All the romance options are very cute, um, and it's very spooky. Ooh, it's very it's a very scary game. <laughs> God damn it, Bobby. I I don't think I have time in my life for another visual novel. It's so good though, man. Like this is Fuck. Fuck, man. This I I feel like this is an all-timer for me. God in damn ter- it, all fucking all right. Novels. The like the, the like there's this hub you return to at the end of every day because it takes place over the course of an in-game week. Um and every every day after your adventures, you return home to this dilapidated, um, this dilapidated house that belongs to your dead relative and is currently owned by your cousin. And the whole place. Okay, I don't know how familiar you are with Shirley Jackson. Not at all. Um, she wrote a Haunting of Hill House. I um, do know but, her. Yeah, yeah. But this, I mean. The house and your cousin are both just like straight out of um like we have always lived in the castle. If that means anything Ooh. to if, if if that means anything to anyone listening right now. Oh um, fuck, man. God damn it. God, you always have really good cells for these games, Bobby. It's so fucking good, fuck. man. It, it it makes it easy for me because I just have to describe the game as it is. <laughs> One would hope we'd be able to do that. Holy fuck. It's also really funny. <laughs> well, hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's most of what I've been doing. Uh, what about you? You uh you told me about a told me about a movie. Um I uh I spent the holidays with my family and I didn't game a lot during uh that time. Uh, I just you know, I played some Pokemon here and there, uh, but my brother showed me a movie. It is a movie that felt like a companion piece for the kitty horror show Haunted House Games. Ah, uh, shit. <laughs> it is a movie called Skinamarink. How is that spelled? Uh, it, <laughs> it is no, spelled... Don't answer that. We'll be here all night. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is a movie that is that was released this year. Uh, it it was written and directed by Kyle Edward Ball, and it is this abyssally slow movie about a very specific feeling of. Being a child and being awake in a house at night and something isn't quite right. Oh, wait, I've heard about this. There's no fucking way you've heard about this, Bobby. No, this sh- this straight up showed on my showed up on my recommended on Shudder. God, da- yeah, it is a Shudder original. Or I don't know if it's a Shudder original, shutter. but it's, it's on Shudder. Yeah, it's a Shudder exclusive. It's a Shudder exclusive. Bobby... All right, I'm going to warn you. I'm going to give you the pitch. Okay. This movie takes a long time to get somewhere, but the entire time it's getting somewhere, it is establishing this un this intangibly dreadful mood. All of the shots are these catty corner angles of ceilings and outlets and toys in the dark almost always from the perspective of uh, how tall a four-year-old would be and it is this story about a about two kids who wake up in the night in their home and they cannot find their parents and something in the house is wrong. Slowly through the movie, doorways start to disappear and appear somewhere else. Noises start to be heard. 
and everything is spoken in this muddled, hushed whisper. And it creates this beautiful tension that it, it this is just like the types of horror games that I love coming to to itch for, to itch.io for. It is these very hyper-specific games uh, and this very hyper-specific movie about a very specific feeling. And that is the feeling of this, the, the idea that a house has a different personality at night, especially when it's not a house that you have dominion over. Like when you're a kid and you wake up in the middle of the night and you're walking around the house and you're like tiptoeing, it feels like there is this unspoken rule, this law of nature, that there is a peace in this house, that it would be unforgivable, like through the eyes of the house itself, to break that peace. That there is a dread in the air that you you, you have to whisper and you have to be quiet. Things have to stay dark. You cannot break the peace of this house. And Bobby, this oh. game is <coughs> dreadful. Movie. M- movie. Oh, uh, yeah, this movie. God, I keep talking. I, I keep saying game because it feels like an it like a like an itchy boys game. It feels like a game we would cover. Fuck, man, I love that. It's really good, and like it never shows anybody's face, and it's just it it only shows these wonky angles, and it uses this film grain that captures perfectly how it how, like how your eyes play tricks on you when you're walking through a dark house and you're looking into corners and you see. Um, like children's toys in the distance that like have faces and you're like, is that, is that a face? It is a, a movie that feels like there is something lurking in every single shot. Fuck. I love that. It's so fuck. Like I, it's just like the games we cover. It does something so hyper specific. So very well. Fuck man. That's a good fucking pitch. It's a great Bobby. You need to watch it. I've been thinking about it ever since I saw it. I do warn you, it is slow. Like, this is a vibes-based movie. Those are the best kind of horror movies, to be honest. Like, slower than fucking Midsummer, Slower than any movie I've ever seen. But boy fucking howdy. Anyway. God. That's, that's what I did uh, on Christmas. Hell yeah. What a way to spend it. <laughs> what a way to what a way to wait for Santa. Happy holidays, folks, am I right? <laughs> Happy fucking holidays, y'all. Oh, um fuck. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Skinamarink. Go see Skinamarink. Coming maybe to a theater near you. This episode's gonna be a little late. Uh we're doing some scheduling stuff. Uh hopefully that won't be a too often occurrence, but it's gotta happen with this one. That's fine. Uh, the the Piper will get his due. You'll get your pound of flesh. Your pound of gamer flesh. And when you do, it will be a new year. Yeah, this this will be coming out in the new year. Um, Happy 2023, everybody. We haven't been there yet, but I hope it's okay. Yeah, so uh, we'll, we will still endeavor to put... An episode out every other Thursday. Uh, check us out on Apple Podcast, Spotify. Uh, it looks like Audible. If 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 that's where you're you're going. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this was a super fun episode. It felt, like I said at the beginning, it felt like a real return to form. It felt like a a classic Itchy Boys episode. Yeah, yeah. This is season one. Itchy. No, this is still season one, isn't it? Yeah, it's still season one. I'm keeping track. This is season one. Thank you so much to uh, Twinkle Park for the use of uh, our theme song, Busy Busy. Go check them out. They released another banger video. Fuck yeah. About Lucky Star. Comfort in a dark time. Yeah. <laughs> go check them out. They go by Hazel on YouTube. Uh, they put out some really good stuff. Hell yeah. I think we have one last thing to do. One last piece of business. All right. Go ahead and let's get it over with. Every episode, we take a list of gaming terms, topics, and subjects, and we put them on a wheel. We spin the wheel, 
and whatever comes up, that's the type of game we'll cover next time on Two Itchy Boys. Are you sufficiently spooked? Perhaps it's time we turn in for the night, but we've one more order of business. Spins wheel. Wheel wheel is spinning. Double, double, toil and trouble. Wheel of spin and cauldron bubble. Oh, fuck me running, bud. What we got? Ooh, this is going to take some time. This is going to take some dedication. What we got, man? The next game we will be covering will be an RPG Maker game. Fuck. <laughs> I don't, why did we put that in oh, there? This is, this is like the boss putting his own name into like a volunteer thing. He's like, oh, I never thought my name would be drawn, but you know, I did it for morale, but like, fuck. Man, I mean, there are some good RPG Maker games. There's a lot but, of them. But they're, <laughs> by sheer law of large numbers, it's a little tough to sift through them all. For those unfamiliar, RPG Maker is a uh, kind of uh, ready-made game-making software that uh, is, is pretty popular with uh, people trying to make little RPGs or little narrative-driven um, top-down pixel arty games fuck this this is gonna take some beating fuck man bring an undertale (laughs) is this something where we we have to put down a rule and say like the big ones are off limits um like no yume nikis i say this these are rpg maker games like go big or go home bud like pick one you like Okay, I think I can work with that. Yeah. We didn't get to... I don't remember if we said this last time, uh, but uh, happy holidays, y'all. Um, it's a little late, but hope it was good for you. Uh, happy New Year. Happy birthday to you. Yes, you know you. who you are. You know who you are. I remembered. Happy birthday. You hope you like our present we got you. Mm-hmm. It's frogs. It's frogs. It's a lot of them. Please, please feed them. Feed the frogs, or Don't. feed the frogs, or I, or my name isn't Hunter J. Allen. Ooh, that's smooth, dog. I'm Bobby McCarthy, and, and we've, we've been, been two, two itchy, itchy boys. boys. That was good. I like that one.